Why are business plans so important to investors? In general, which is the cheapest form of financing? Cash flow financing, equity financing, or debt financing? Why? How can I grow my CA practice with the right business loan? All right, let's get started with this week's edition of Questions Entrepreneurs Ask, where I take questions that I see on Quora that have either been posted directly to me or I see them in my general feed, and they tend to relate to topics that I might have a little bit of knowledge about based on my experience of two decades of working real-time with entrepreneurs that are generally in trouble. They find themselves in a tough spot, and so I'm typically there to help them work through that tough spot, either through financing or consulting or investing or some combination of all of those things. And I love answering these questions because it produces some interesting conversations for me in the normal course of my week. And thanks to this podcast, I seem to be getting uh, conversations going with people that are not in my immediate network or within the sphere of where I work every single day. And so it uh, looks like there's some benefit there. Uh, if you do like the podcast, make sure to share it or rate it or tell someone about it because the way these computer algorithms work is if it sees uh, that there's someone that likes a particular piece of content, then it pushes it in front of others. And maybe, just maybe, there might be an entrepreneur out there that needs to hear an answer to a question that I've discussed on today's episode. So let's just cut right to it and get started with the first of three questions. Why are business plans so important to investors? I know that this may not seem like a very helpful question for seasoned entrepreneurs that are listening to this, but I picked this one off today. Uh, mostly because what I've discovered is there's often a gap. In fact, I'm, I'm experiencing this right now with, with um, a company that I'm uh, heavily involved with, uh, where I'm working side by side with an entrepreneur. Uh, we've got a great team of people that are doing their job, but it just sort of popped out to me today that, you know, when you're the entrepreneur, you understand your business sort of I don't know, viscerally, you know, you just, you just know what you know about your business. And that's usually because you've had to work through some challenges or some struggles, or you've had to stay up late at night and figure out how your particular product or service works. And so you just have this very deep understanding of not only your product or your service, but generally the other things that go along with it, you know, the kind of people that you want to hire, the opinions about the marketplace and your competitors, and and these aren't formed um, through sort of a theory. They're they're formed, these opinions get formed, or your, your understanding of your business gets formed, uh, because you're in it every day. And over any kind of time, you just develop a working knowledge of answers to questions and opinions about things that you're facing. However... When it comes to trying to lead your organization or find funding for your business from investors, as an example, or from banks and lenders, you have to be able to articulate the things that you know to someone who, A, knows nothing about your business and, quite frankly, doesn't have the same vested interest as you do in your business. A banker, an employee, and even an investor to some extent is still not going to have as much 
vested in your business as you do. Certainly, they don't have the sweat equity that you've had to put in or the the sweat and the anxiety and the stress and the gray hair and the wrinkles and so forth. Um, they, they're, they're more um, mechanical in their approach. They're looking to invest time and energy and resources and look to get a return. Whereas when you're the owner, it's more than that. Uh, it's your livelihood. Psychologically, it's what kind of holds you together. It's what gives you validation and affirmation. Uh, or it can shake those things if your business isn't working out. But the reason why a business plan is so important to investors um, or to anyone involved in your business, quite frankly, is because you have to be able to provide direction and understanding to those people that you have asked to jump on board with what it is you're doing. And there's no possible way that you can take all the years of of knowledge and frustration that you have stored up in your mind and somehow articulated in any kind of way that someone would understand unless it's inside of a business plan. A business plan is structured and there you know the structure is less important than the exercise. And the exercise is one of having to break down the things that you know about your business in such a way that other people can understand it. And if you've listened to investor pitches or you've talked to bankers, it's not so much about the detail per se. It's more about being able to communicate the big ideas and the big pieces. And if they resonate with somebody, then they can go into the detail and into the weeds and figure everything else out. Part of where entrepreneurs, I think, struggle with putting business plans together is they say, well, what I'm doing is simply too fluid. I just do what I do. And the organization follows me and I get up and I lead people every day. And so that's just what we do in a business plan. You know, we've gone through the exercise, but the business plan sits on the shelf. Well, if you're not using your business plan, of course, it's going to sit on the shelf and you're probably not using your business plan. You're not really sure how to functionally do that. The best way to use your business plan, if not only with investors, is to use it with your staff. There's a version of your business plan that should be available to everybody on your team, no, ba- no matter how big or how small they are, because they need to know how, how do they fit into the big picture. Now, to the extent that you choose not to do this, it's not the end of the world. There's lots of, of businesses out there that don't have business plans, or if, or if they have business plans, they haven't shared them with everyone who's involved in the business. But to the extent that you can do it, you generally are able to communicate better You're able to get buy-in on things that the business needs the participants to get buy-on in. So, for example, if you're going to make some staffing changes, you're going to make some pricing changes, you're going to make some operational changes or some procedural changes, um, your staff should have some context for why that's happening. And the context is generally because your business plan says we are at point A, we want to get to point B and ultimately to point C. But to do that, these are the things we have to do and here's why we're doing it. And it's a bit of an exhaustive exercise, and it can be very draining. But to the extent that you're an entrepreneur, and you can build a little business plan every week or every every day or once a month, keep adding to it and just keep a working document going, whether that's a Word document, whether it's a note on your phone, but just pick off the big pieces, you know, operations, sales, marketing, finance, um, people and culture, and just start filling in, you know, what's our plan for these big boxes? Why do these things matter to us? And then ultimately, what's our goal? What's our objective? What's our strategy? How are we going to do that? I mean, you can Google search business plans, and there's no shortage of examples. But the point is, you want to start, you should 
as an entrepreneur, begin compiling your thoughts on your business and sharing them with the people that are involved in your in your business. Because much like an investor who wants to invest, they're not going to have the same level of understanding, the visceral sense of your business like you do. Um, and there's always that disconnect. And so why are business plans so important to investors? Because it's the only way that an investor can understand what an entrepreneur or a business is attempting to do. And guess what? It's not just investors that benefit from this exercise. It's also the people on your team. All right, let's get on to the next question. In general, which is the cheapest form of financing? Cash flow financing, equity financing, or debt financing, and why? I picked this question because I have a bit of a cheeky answer, but uh, before I give my answer, let's just break this apart a little bit. So what's the cheapest form of financing? First of all, financing is not, there's no such thing as cheap financing. It's just uh, how much of your equity or how much of your future revenue are you prepared to give up? It's not a function of cheap. It's just a function of what works best for you. And again, this is kind of like the classic mistake that an entrepreneur makes. An entrepreneur will say, well, I'm looking for the cheapest loan. Um, well, if you're going to borrow money to get through a problem, the cost of the money is less important than what you're able to do with that money and oftentimes determines how long you're going to need it. So for example, if someone said, without jumping any hoops, I'm going to give you money and I'm going to charge you 5% a month on that money. Well, you would the, the average entrepreneur would freak out because they would say, well, that's 60% a year, simple interest. Like, I'm not going to pay that much. You know, who do you think you are? But if it turns out, that paying 5% a month opens up an opportunity for you to triple your revenue. And in tripling your revenue, you can pay back that money in seven months. Well, now all of a sudden, 5% is just the cost of getting access to it. Versus say, you know, we want to buy um, a bunch of stuff for our business and we want to pay for it over the next five years. Well, obviously, you don't want to pay 5% a month. You're going to pay, I don't know, 5% a year, but now you got that payment for five years and it wrecks your cash flow. And so, again, there's no such thing as cheapest form. It's just you, 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 entrepreneurs generally don't take the time to figure out if I'm going to borrow the money, it's not about the price of the money, it's about what am I able to generate from using the money. And again, kind of the classic entrepreneur will say, well, I, I need money just because. But if they're able to break down exactly why they need it, then they're able to discover that, well, the price is less important than the access. And if I can get what I need and I can get it quickly and I can do the thing that I need to do, if I'm prudent, I'm just going to turn that money over fairly, fairly quickly. So, and then financing, cash flow financing, equity financing, debt financing, there's really only two kinds of financing. You're either borrowing money, in which case there's a lender and you are the creditor, and a lender is agreeing to lend you money today based on what you think is going to happen in the future. And so they're taking your, your future cash flow uh, into consideration. Um, and they're prepared to do the deal on that merit. But debt financing involves security and personal guarantees and covenants and, and all sorts of fancy legal stuff that basically just means if you don't pay it back, you're going to lose a lot. Equity financing, on the other end, is a funny term because there's no such thing as equity financing. Um, when someone agrees to purchase equity in your business, they are writing a check um, and they are hoping to get a piece of your future profits. And so it just, again, equity and debt are kind of the two big buckets. Um, financing just generally, of course, refers to the, the mechanism for how we get what we need in terms of capital. But what is the cheapest form of financing? Cash flow financing? equity financing or debt financing? Well, if you were actually looking for the cheapest form of financing, the cheapest form of financing is actually sweat equity. Yep, 
You heard that correct. Sweat equity. The cheapest, the cheapest financing you, let's think about this for a minute. The cheapest form of financing you're ever going to get are, is people putting in their own time to get a result. Think of you and your business. Think of the sweat and the sweat and pressure and anxiety that you've had to put into your business to get the results that you've gotten today. That was your cheapest form of financing from a financial perspective because you haven't paid yourself for your time. But you were able to use your time, which is known as a resource, to affect an outcome. And so whether you're going to a bank or a lender, all you're really doing is saying, give me a resource, capital, because I'm going to do X with it, hire people, and I'm going to put those people to work and we're going to get a result. Well, the truth is, you are probably the cheapest form of financing that you have because you don't have to pay yourself cash or money to affect a result. Uh, You can work after hours on a project. You can... Uh, decide to simply uh, work longer, work harder, work smarter, go take some education, go take some courses and figure out how to how to do the things that you can't quite do right now instead of borrowing money or selling a piece of your business to do those things. So that's my cheeky answer because that is the cheapest and best form of financing is your sweat, your time, your energy being invested into your business because it doesn't you don't have to pay the bill uh, every two weeks or once a month. So Again, a little bit of a cheeky answer, but it is actually the cheapest form of financing. And then if you're saying, okay, Dylan, fine, thanks for the cheeky answer, but what is the real answer? The real answer is, well, it depends. You can get equity financing. Uh, Again, equity financing means you are giving up a piece of equity, a piece of ownership, a piece of the future profit and sale proceeds that might come from your business. Debt financing simply means someone doesn't want to get a piece of your profit per se or get a, a, a percentage of the sale, com- the sale proceeds. If you sell your business, they just want to get an interest rate. So now you've just you you can keep all of the profit yourself. But now, guess what? They get their payment first. They get their payment for as long as the term is. And so, you know, every situation is unique, and and every deal has its own set of terms within it in terms of interest rate and prepayment privileges and buyout clauses and shotgun clauses and and all sorts of stuff. So the question isn't the right question to ask, which is, which is the cheapest form of financing? The better question to be asking yourself is, A, why do I need financing? And if I was successful in getting it, what's the best way to pay for it? Is the best way to pay for it with interest so I can preserve future profit? Or is the best way to pay for it by giving up some equity because I'm uncertain about what the future holds and um, I don't want to be on the hook if the future doesn't work out? Okay, lastly, how can I grow my CA practice with the right business loan. Now, for those of you listening, I'm doubtful, it's doubtful, there's one of you I know of, but it's doubtful that you all own a CA practice, a chartered accountant practice, an accounting firm. But I picked this question because it sort of, again, kind of flows with what I, what I answered previously, which I had to do with financing. But the question is basically, I'm a professional service provider. I'm a lawyer. I'm an accountant. Um, I'm a a financial planner, maybe. Um, I'm a consultant. How can I grow my professional services business with the right business loan? Well, first of all, because you're selling time, the natural question to ask is, well, what do you need a loan for? Because your business doesn't have uh, a product or a facility or inventory or it doesn't really have a capital need. 
Uh, if you're needing to borrow money for your professional services business and your professional services business ultimately sells time, then you are truly, when you take on a loan, you are truly committing yourself to servitude for as long as the term of that loan exists. In my opinion, a professional services business should not be borrowing money um, because with their time that they sell, uh, they should be able to cover their costs and save for the future and invest in in new things that help make them more money. Um, unlike, say, a company that makes a product or a widget or provides um, um, uh, some sort of service that requires equipment to the marketplace, you do need a loan because you got to buy the equipment in order to provide the product or the service. But generally speaking, professional services where there is no overhead, there is no inventory, there is no equipment other than a computer, um, shouldn't need to borrow money. Now, you might say, yeah, but Dylan, what if we want to buy an office space or we want to buy a building? Okay, that's a little bit different, but that's not growing your business as much as it is maybe just trying to preserve your business or present it differently. Growing a CA practice or a professional services business with a loan, um, it would be hard to make the case for how that math would actually work because you'd be better off just continuing to trade your time for money save your money, and then invest yourself in the things that you need to invest in instead of taking on a loan because not only will you not have the collateral, but you're going to have personal guarantees and, and other legal requirements that could, A, if life doesn't work out, make it very tough for you to deliver the professional service that's allowing your time to be sold so that you can make loan payments. So it, it doesn't make sense that you would to me, it doesn't make sense that someone would look to grow a professional services business by borrowing money. Now, how do you grow a professional services business? Well, the easiest way to do it is to find other professionals that will come along and contribute to the overall brand of the business. So you get three lawyers who pool their time, and they each take a percentage of their time and share the, the back office costs of a paralegal uh, or a receptionist or the photocopier or the, or the office location. And if you have more partners, then you should be able to leverage your time better. And if you're able to leverage your time better, it means you should be able to make more money. So that's the way a professional a professional service business should grow. Uh, they shouldn't use debt. They should be using partners um, who put in cash uh, to buy their seat at the table. To um, and that cash can be used to to grow the business. So I just thought it was an important point to make because not every business should borrow money. And that may not make sense, especially if you're finding that your business right now seems to not have enough cash. And and again, like most entrepreneurs, you think, well, if I just could borrow 50 grand or if I could borrow 500 grand, that it would solve all my problems. And the truth is, well, maybe the pressure point of the cash will help you identify the problems, which hopefully would lead you to not having to borrow the money. And then if you did have to borrow the money, Hopefully, if you've listened to enough of these podcasts, you'd be in a position to say, if we had X amount of dollars, this is the, the, the specific way in which we would be able to use it that would produce this mathematical result, which is how we would service uh, the loan, make the payments, and pay it back. So that's all I've got for you today. I appreciate you tuning in to this week's episode of Questions That Entrepreneurs Ask. You can reach out to me on all the socials. Um, I am hanging out there. 
um, and I appreciate all of the interactions that I get off of this. Um, I am going to open up my podcast to try and do another episode every week that is not question-based, but is more topical-based, something I've done in history that uh, I've been putting a short list together of things that I I think I'd like to to talk about uh, that I think you would find helpful. So we'll catch you on the next episode of uh, Questions Entrepreneurs Ask. Thanks for tuning in.